Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the Least of These Podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. This morning, and I don't know how much, how far we've got. We got about six more verses left, but I don't know if we'll get through them today. Tell you the truth or not, because there's just so much here in this 14th chapter. When when Jesus gets to chapter 14, remember he starts speaking to his disciples, and he's speaking to us, right? And he's telling us that we. we he said a little while earlier. He says. That we should pray what? If we ask anything in His name, right? And what does that mean? That the Spirit is coming in accordance with everything that Jesus is and everything that Jesus does. And this is where we kind of get some people, some groups get a little carried away with the Holy Spirit. Remember our focus should always be Jesus Christ. If our focus is anything beyond Jesus Christ, we're in the wrong spot. No matter what it is, <laughs> whether it's serving or this or that and the other, Jesus is always central to everything we do. And so he says the Father will send the Holy Spirit in his name. He's sending him because of who Jesus is, what Jesus is going to do. And then he says he will teach you all things. Now, all things is not everything that we could ever know. We'll, we'll, we'll learn all that one day when we get to heaven. <laughs> and, but, but the things that he's talking about is all the things that he said to him because he kind of clarifies it. He says he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. And so what, what's, what's going on here? He says, 
He will bring to remembrance all things I said to you. I'll read a couple of verses here in, uh, like in Luke chapter 24. It says, talking about they went to the grave and they looked for the body and the angels were there. And, and there were two men stood by in shining garments. Then as they were afraid, verse 5, they bowed their faces to the earth. And they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how He spoke to you when He was in, still in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered His words. And in John 12, remember when Jesus rode down the streets of Jerusalem on the donkey and they were crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed comes the King, uh, blessed he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. And it says, And Jesus, when he found a young donkey, verse 14, sat on it as is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about Him and they had done these things to Him. So that was in John chapter 12. So, and there's many other examples. You know, that's how we got this New Testament, right? On these words rest the credibility and ultimate divine authority of our Gospels. Because you know what? How do you think these guys wrote the New Testament? They wrote the New Testament based on what God spoke to them, right? Book of John about 60 years after it occurred. Did you know that? <laughs> he wrote the book of John about 60 years after it occurred. Now how does he remember all these events? Because God gave him all the information. He remembers it because God did it, right? Think about it. Probably nobody could tell me what I preached on last week. But you know what? Or we might not remember what we did 10 minutes ago or yesterday. But these guys wrote down what they did 60 years ago. What God told them to write down. They wrote it down. The Bible tells you, tells us that, that God inspired it. He says He will teach you all things. In other words, He will explain the words to them and He will bring to your remembrance all things I said to you. And then Jesus goes on in verse 27 and says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So Jesus says, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives you. And so what does he say here? Notice what he says, peace I leave with you. Then he says what? My peace I give to you. It's not just anybody's peace, but it's his peace. It's that peace that passes all understanding. We've talked about that, right? In uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 9, and he says, that don't be anxious for anything, but by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God, and the peace that passes all understanding will do what? Guard your hearts and minds. We just saying, you know, what a privilege 
to take everything of Jesus. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Why? We don't take everything to God in prayer. What do we sing a minute before, a little bit before that? Trust and obey. We've got to trust, and that's what Jesus is saying right here. Trust me, because who can we trust in this old world? I mean, sometimes I can't even trust myself, you know, to do do what I'm supposed to do or need to do or want to do. And I know you're the same way. And and but in this world of no peace. Especially today, it seems like it gets harder and harder and harder to find peace and all the stress and all the strain and all the everything that goes on in life sometimes. It just gets harder and harder and harder. We look at the TV and we listen to the news and we hear all the things that's going on and we go, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? <laughs> what's going to happen? How am I going to live? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? We just don't know. But Jesus says, peace I leave with you. That's that word shalom. And, and it became a New Testament greeting. And, and everywhere in the Bible, that meant that Paul always started all his, his uh, books of the Bible. He says, grace and peace from the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and every time he starts a book, I mean, number 626, I won't read all of these. I had got about 10 or 15 of them. He says, number 626, the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Psalm 29, 11, the Lord will give strength to His people. The Lord will bless His people with peace. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon His shoulder. And His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. Over and over and over again, it says Isaiah 54, verse 13, All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. And the one we talked back in uh, a couple of months ago, Romans chapter 5 verse 1 he says therefore having been justified with by God we have peace with God right and he says in Romans 14:17 that the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking but righteousness and peace and joy in the holy spirit and so God wants us to understand that we can have peace see he gives us peace not as the world gives peace. How does the world give peace? We think we can or we try to overcome or we do some kind of something. It comes in a bottle. It comes in a, a container, a pill bottle. It comes in a liquor bottle. It comes in all kinds of other directions. I, I was reading a book a couple of days ago and the man said that he was talking to this drug rep and she said that two-thirds of all the women were on antidepressants. And I understand some people need to be on those things. But the bottom line is, is if we've got a Savior who we trust, we don't need all the things that the world provides. Because we've got somebody we can, depress, we can 
trust and we don't need to be depressed and worried about everything. And Jesus says, look, if you trust in Me, if you believe in Me, let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be worried. Who, who can you count on? You could always count on Jesus, can't you? Does Jesus ever let you down? He never does, does He? And if you can trust on Jesus anytime, anywhere, call on Him anytime, anywhere, never get a busy signal, then guess what? You don't have to worry. Because the worst thing that can happen to us is we can pass out of this world and go to heaven a little earlier if we know Jesus. And so Jesus says, My peace I give you. My peace I leave with you. He says, Look, don't worry. Don't be afraid. The world says that when you have peace in the world, what what do they say? Everything's going right. That's when the world has peace, right? They call it being happy or lucky. If everything's going my way, I'm 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 okay. But when things go bad, what happens? People fall apart. But as Christians, we don't have to fall apart. Jesus said, In this world you're gonna have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's what he tells them. He tells us that same thing. He says, don't be worried. Don't be afraid. Then He says in verse 28, You have heard Me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you love Me, you would rejoice because I said I am going to the Father for My Father is greater than I. And so Jesus says here in this verse that He says, You have heard Me say to you, I am going away. And then I'm coming back, right? So he, he says, if you had loved me, you would rejoice. Why? You know, they, they, they were more worried about themselves. See, they're afraid. They're worried. Why? Because Jesus has said He's going away. He's leaving. He says, where I'm going, you can't come. And so they're like, well, what are we going to do now? Here's the guy that we've been depending on, encouraging us walking with us and helping us and being with us all these years if Jesus is going to die Peter's going to defect remember he said that Peter's going to deny him three times he says what am I going to do what are we going to do if, if all these things are happening our whole world is falling apart and Jesus says let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid don't worry and then he says look if you had loved me, you would rejoice because I'm leaving. Why would they rejoice? Because see, Jesus has been in this human body for 33 years. The God that created everything, people, He's been on earth for 33 years and He's ready to go back to heaven and get the glory which He had before the foundation of the earth. Because see, Jesus, when He came to earth, what did He do? He became a man. He became a little baby. And He had to be have His diaper changed. He had to grow up. He had to, he had to learn. He had to do all these things so that being, He could be tempted as we are. He could suffer all the things that we do. So that when He died on the cross... He could die in our place. Because only 
a not guilty person who is of the same kind can die in the place of somebody who is guilty. And so He had to do all that for us. And so basically what He says is, if you would love Me and you rejoice because I said I'm going back to My Father. Because see, Jesus tells them in John 17, 17 verse 5, He says, glorify Me now with the glory which I had before the foundation of the earth. Over and over and over again, John has told us that Jesus is God. That's the whole point of this book is that we would believe that Jesus is the Christ and believe and we might have life in His name. That He is God in a human body. And so He says, I'm going to My Father for My Father is greater than I. And you know, the cults have had a field day with this verse here. They said, see, Jesus is less than the Father. He's not God. He's just a created being. He's not as great as God the Father. And they will come to your door and they will knock on your door. I guess they can't come over here and knock on your door. But they, but they knock on your doors in your neighborhoods and they, they tell you, I believe in Jesus. And then you say, yeah, you do. And you say, well, do you worship Jesus? Ask them, do they worship Jesus? And they'll say no because He's not God. Because see, they believe that Jesus is just a created being. He was just a man. He was a prophet or He's a good man. Or He was a God, but He's not the God. And so they don't believe what we believe. And they'll use this verse on you in a heartbeat. But see, why in the world would John, who wrote this whole book and said that he wrote it, Many other signs Jesus did. He says, But these have been written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and believe and you might have life in His name. And the whole purpose of the book is to show us that Jesus is God. I mean, who else but God can raise people from the dead? Who else but God can still a storm, walk on the water, take two loaves and... Two, two fish and five loaves and feed fifteen or 20,000 people can, can make a man brand new eyes. Take a man who's been laying by a pool 38 years and, and make him rise up and walk. Heal withered hands. Turn water into wine. Who can do that? Only God. Why in the world now would He say Jesus is less than God? He's not. Jesus is just saying... When I get back to heaven, I'm going to be what I used to be. Because remember what we talked about over Christmas in Ephesians chapter 2, not Ephesians, Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. And it says, And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has also highly exalted him in giving the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That is the name for God, to the glory of God the Father. He is God. He is Lord. That is the word used in the Old Testament for Lord. He is Yahweh. He is the great I Am. Jesus said in John 8, before Abraham was, I Am. Why now would John say, 
that Jesus is not God after He's been saying for 14 chapters He is God. Because He is God. Not trying to prove, but proving He is. He says you would rejoice because I'm going back to the Father and I'll be I'll have all my glory again. In verse 29 He says, And now I've told you before it comes so that when it does come to pass you may believe. See, you know one thing that's great about this Bible is we can look in here and we can see all the prophecies that have been fulfilled. Remember I told you back in chapter 12 it was 183,000 and so many days until Messiah's cut off. Exactly that day was the day that Jesus came into Jerusalem just as it was said. All these things have been fulfilled. Jesus was born where He was supposed to be born. He lived just as He was supposed to live. All Jesus fulfilled over 300 prophecies when He came. He'll fulfill over 300 when He comes back again. And there's been many, many more in here. I mean, even Alexander the Great was foretold in here. How he conquered the whole world. And many other things were foretold. That Jesus would be born of a virgin. Over and over and over again, the Bible has been proved to be true. Jesus says, now I've told you when it comes to pass that you may believe. In other words, your faith is going to be stronger, right? You can have greater faith, greater strong strong faith because look, I've told you something's going to happen and when it happens you'll know that I was speaking the truth. This is a, this is a book we can trust in folks. I've never found anything that's not true and all the people who've tried to prove it not true, you know what they've done? They've gotten saved and trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ because they found out they couldn't disprove it. He says here, verse 30, I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. That's kind of a Hebrew idiom that says that Satan had nothing on Jesus. In other words, Jesus had never done anything wrong. He had never sinned. He had never done anything wrong. So Satan could make no claim on him could not charge him with any sin. Therefore, Satan could not hold him in death. And Christ, when he died on the cross, would triumph and destroy Satan. You know, the Bible tells us that the devil, Satan, is the ruler of this world. He's the prince of the power of the air. And he is the one who puts us in fear because of death. Hebrews 2.14 talks about the fact Verse 31 he says, But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. Arise, let us go from here. In other words, Jesus says, I want to let the world know that I love my Father. How do you show love? By obeying somebody. By pleasing somebody, right? And He says, I want to let let the world know that I love my Father. And as the Father gave commandment, I'm going to do it. And He says, Arise, let us go from here. I don't know whether they went and walked to the garden. You know, the next scene kind of he shows them in the garden, but we won't get to that yet because he's going to continue talking 
about the things they need to learn. So we don't know if he was telling these things in uh, the next couple of chapters on the way to the garden or if they stayed there or what. But maybe they just arose from the table. But you know what? Jesus knew that Judas and all the people were coming to get him. But you know what? Jesus is still in control. He's telling these men what they need to hear. He's telling us what we need to hear to live this life. Remember people, this Bible is not just dribble. When we teach and when we hear the Word of God, we're hearing the very words of God written down for us. Folks, this is a love letter. Did you know that? That's a love letter from God to you and to me. He says, I love you, Marty. I love you. I love you. And I love you. And I love you. And I love all of y'all. And that's why I wrote this Bible. And I sent my son. And I did all the things I did because I want you to know that you can trust in everything I say and do. And you can believe in me and trust in me. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be worried. But you can live your life trusting and obeying. Because there's no other way to be, like I said, I'd like to change that word from happy because happy means lucky. But to trust and obey for there's no other way to be joyful in Jesus. Because see, joy is based on knowing that no matter how bad things get, God's still on the throne and it's okay. Because the worst that can be thrown at us in this world is you know, the worst thing that can ever happen to you in this world, that's as bad as it'll ever get. The Bible says in Romans 8.18 that the sufferings of this world will not be worthy to be compared with the glory which we'll have in heaven. You got that? The sufferings of this world will not even be nothing compared to the glory which we'll have in heaven. Paul said this momentary light affliction which works a far more exceeding glory. He said this momentary light affliction, and we all know what Paul went through. Paul went through way more than probably we've ever thought of going through. He was beaten, shipwrecked, stoned, and all kinds of stuff, left for dead. He was in peril of robbers and all kinds of stuff. So folks, just remember, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Because you can trust in Him, right? Let's pray and we'll close. Father, we love You. We thank You. And we ask today that You would help each and every one of us. Lord, I know we're human beings. We're sinful creatures. And at times we fail to trust You. We get stressed. We get worried. But Lord, help us to remember that there's nothing that happens in this old world that you don't know about. Nothing's caught you off guard. As one man says, has it ever occurred to you that nothing ever occurs to God? That He knows everything before it ever happens. He knows our thoughts before we think them. He knows that we're but dust and yet He loves us anyway. So Father, help us to trust in You, to trust and obey, knowing that there's no other way to be joyful in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Father, give us strength and help to be the people we need to be because You are such a good God, a holy God, a wonderful God. If we would remember how wonderful and 
everything that you are, Lord, that that we would we wouldn't be afraid, we wouldn't be anxious, but we would continue to trust in you. So, Father, help us to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Trying to think of a good one to sing after that one. How about number 43? I just turned straight to it. Love lifted me. Let's do number 43. Love lifted me. Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Those in the nursing home facilities are locked up in bodies that do not work in a wheelchair or in a bed. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems. Some have told us we want to have a real family because their parents have lost or given up custody of them. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up at the jails and the prisons, to those locked up in addictions, to drugs, alcohol, depression, and suicidal thoughts, to those locked up in a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us abundant life, joy, and set us free, and these people that we minister to are not free. Our desire is to show them whatever their background, no matter what they've done, to see how much God loves them. We seek to help them receive forgiveness and freedom from their sin in Jesus Christ. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia, and surrounding Effingham and Chatham area. We have recently expanded our ministry to the Lexington and Columbia, South Carolina area. We do over 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you will support us in some way that so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the Donate Now button or send it via regular mail to Post Office Box 1881, Lexington, South Carolina, 29071. We hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John eight thirty two.